Hey everyone, welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. This is the bearded man of comics. I'm half wolf. Sometimes I prefer to be called Bagheera. No, he was a panther. Bagheera? Yeah. Bagheera was a panther. Ah. Uh, so what? he was not a half wolf. Do we know any wolf from the Jungle Book? Uh, Mowgli was raised by wolves. Yeah, but Mowgli was a man. Okay, yeah, that's fit. I'm Mowgli. You anyway, are Mowgli. yep, the Mowgli of comic books. Uh, that, that movie, the, like the yeah. Andy Circus yeah. uh, sequel, or not sequel, Andy Circus remake, or you know his yep. interpretation, got bought by Netflix, so it'll just go straight to Netflix. Huh, nice. Uh, I don't like going to the theater anyway. Oh, well, I think it's perfect because now you get guaranteed money for your product without yeah. having to worry about a box office weekend. Kind of yeah. Uh, with me, as always, is, of course, the Pretty Believe Comics, J.P. Jones. What up? They call me the Butte. Yeah, <laughs> starting <laughs> starting last week. Yeah, and yeah, by by they call me the meaning Tyler. <laughs> established twenty eighteen. <laughs> the butte. <laughs> the butte. Oh man, <laughs> how was uh, your week? Good. Good. Um, yeah. Big week of comics. Great week of stuff. Big week of comics. I actually had to decide what I was gonna actually read for this week, and sure. I still fell short. Said so. I had a lot. Yeah, I had to thin mine out a little bit too. I mean, I read all this stuff, but yeah. uh, some of the stuff I'll I'll pop out. I didn't actually read Rackman. Oh, oh, it was really good. Yeah. I, um, I love it. You know I do. I'll get I it. didn't get to um, 1975, you said, oh, and I didn't get to oh, Oblivion why? Song. I hate you right now because 1975 or MCM LXXV Gem of the Week. I, um, I, I was reading it, and then I got distracted uh, a minute ago in the conversation that was going on in the room before we hit record here. Yeah. Um, so we are at Studio Rainbow. Um which I like to call it, um, in my head with myself. That's cool. Um, I have to tell you a story. It happened literally on my way here. Okay. Um, I stopped. Uh, I, I need more clothes for work, you know. Um, generally, I don't dress up in my daily life. I wear t- band T-shirts, comic book T-shirts, whatever. Graphic tee and some cargo Gra- shorts. Graphic tee and some cargo shorts, uh, yeah. pretty much. Uh, and so then... Um, it's literally what I'm wearing right now. Okay, so... <laughs> I, I was over here a little early. This one I made. I, I was just going to ask you if you made that shirt you're wearing. Cause a long time it, ago. It is a screen-printed mm-hmm. cartoon of um, uh, Breaking Bad. Um, Walter, thank you. Jeez. Walt White. Walter uh, White, baby. Um, it, I don't know. Um, was that from a comic book version that you're wearing? Where did you get the image? I drew it. You drew it. Okay. So it's a... It's a uh, screen printed on a black long sleeve T-shirt. Digital, Look, digital sketch. Love it. Yeah, on my love, phone. That looks so cool. With my finger. Yep. I, no, stylus. <laughs> no stylus. Yeah, I was I was uh, working at a call center and I was bored one day, so I whipped out my call centers are where you get your most creative work done. Absolutely. Whipped out my phone, pulled up the paint app, sketched this out, did some details, got it done in like a couple hours. A couple hours. And yeah. I was like, that's cool. I really like that. Threw some filters on it. Save the image, and then I was like at some mall where they did like screen printing of tees and images. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, cool, I'm gonna get that image that I made on a t shirt. And I brought it to the guy, and I'm like, Yeah, I want to put this on a t shirt. And he's like, Cool, where can I find that image? And I'm like, You can't. I made it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was like, Huh? And I'm like,
<laughs> Son, please. So, I like I like it. So we ended up like emailing it to him, and then he put it on the T-shirt. I would have liked it to be like the face, like like big, big. Uh-huh. Kind of like it. it's just it's subtle. Yeah, and it fades. I like that it fades off. Well, and it's, it's super old too. This T-shirt. I probably made this. That long, well, that six that six years ago. That that helps the look of it. Is that it's super bit. old? You know. Yeah, um, this T-shirt actually is from the seventies. <laughs> Um, it's is an, it really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was my dad's. Um, That's actually really cool. Um, it's, it says Marvel on it in old school block Marvel lettering, and it's got the thing, Spider-Man and Wolverine on it. Um, maybe the 80s, maybe early 80s. Um, Possibly. but, um, I've, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's so worn that the fabric is nappy, you know? Yeah, right. Um, it's little balls of fabric, um, whatever. I think it's it great. It's brand new. And so, With, um, like, it looks like it's aged, like they do at you know, Target and stuff to like make it stuff look vintage. I it's I have cool. no Aged. idea. It's awesome. Um. Anyway, so I was at Kohl's right before I came over here, uh, just browsing through clothes, and then I had to go to the bathroom. And I walk in. I shouldn't have said Kohl's because, uh, I, it's nothing against Kohl's. This story. <laughs> I was at an establishment. You just edit it out. Edit, edit it out. Edit yeah, it out. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. Okay, I was at a store, uh-huh. and I walk in the bathroom, and I am literally attacked by the smell. It punched you in the mouth. Yeah. It punched you in the nostrils. I could taste it. <laughs> okay, so I immediately went to the urinal, and like, I'm just going to get my business done. And I couldn't help but look, glance down towards the floor and to my right towards the stalls. And on the floor was the most... I don't know, frightening thing I'd ever seen in a public restroom. It was a chupacabra. No. Bare legs, okay, and feet in shoes. And next to the shoes, I can't even say this with a straight face. Next to the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Okay. pants <laughs> covered in shit oh no oh my god okay so <laughs> you could tell this poor dude shit his pants <laughs> poor guy okay he's not moving a muscle these bare legs with shoes on are <laughs> just sitting stone cold still i'm like i finished peeing i wash my hands i walk out and then i go if this was me I'd need some help. Yeah. How's he going to leave? Dude, you know, sometimes you just got to man up. So, hey, luckily he's in a clothing store. So, right? <laughs> Let me finish. So yeah, I go yeah. I go back in. Oh, and no, I, you offered to give him to buy him a, like a pair, yeah. pair of pants. I said, dude, are you all right? Nothing. Okay. Oh. And then I said, is there someone you want me to go get for you? Because I'm like, maybe he's there with somebody. Sure. Right? Um, or maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe so then he's I, disabled in some way that he yeah. just, so then I said, do you want me to go grab you a pair of pants? And his foot that I could see from under the thing turns inward. Almost like it's cow. If you can imagine a cow, a cowering foot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and no answer. So I said, so I said, okay. 
and then walked out. Tried. I'm just like, I felt so bad. Like, it's been, like, bothering me since, going, is he still sitting in the fucking bathroom on the toilet with nowhere to go? And... Oh, no. Oh, well. Well, you tried, man. You did the good Samaritan thing. What would you do if you were on the toilet? Oh, oh, me? Yeah. I mean... These, these things happen. Everyone's crapped their pants for bobbing babies. Yep. I would have been like, bro, dude. Anyone out? You. Anyone out there? <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't call out like that. But if somebody was like, yep. offering to help me. Yep. Like, hey man, do you want me to bring you a pair of pants? I'd be like, dude, here's my debit card. Seriously, like that would be amazing. I know this is really awkward for everybody. Yep. Man, just yep. bad. Bad news bears in here. Yep. Yeah, I, I would love that. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Good size. 3632. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 3630. Wow. Jeez. Wow. <sighs> I want to get back down to 34 soon. Yeah, exactly. That's my goal. That's that's my goal girth. Goal girth. Right? 34. Yeah. 34 is comfy. Yeah. Although uh it's uh, 36 and like 38. Yeah. Those two sizes are the toughest to find in pants and shorts like waist size. 36. It is the most common size among male. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that because I've always felt like what well, I've as an adult I've always been uh, I've always had a little bit of a gut you know so um, I've always felt like thirty six I could be thinner than thirty six you know thirty six and thirty eight are the most common sizes among hmm. male uh, in terms of clothing like yeah for waistband sizes my because it's not it's not large it's not extra extra large yep. it's about XL right there yep and everybody seems to have that type of body yep so I've it's just the most bought. That is true. And then it's harder is I'm a little bit shorter, so size 30 leg, too. I'm going, yeah, I'm going, dang it, where are my 36, 30s? And yeah. almost across the board, I don't even have to try pants on, really. Um, 36, 30s work for me. I usually always try pants on because Dude. in some stores, I'm 36, 32s. Yep. In other stores, I'm 40, 32s. Like, but stores make things differently. Like, yeah. Like, my brother's shop, he, my brother works at Zoomies in the mall. Nice. And it's a good store. I like their socks. Extra large there will not fit me. And I wear an extra large. Oh, yeah. That's what I wear. Like, the stuff there is not made for... For, for extra large people? Yeah. It is made for skinny skater guys. Yeah. And an extra large there is, like, a medium. Really? Oh, yeah. Try. I guarantee you, you go into that store, ask for an extra large, try it on, won't fit. Oh man, and that's the worst when it's riding up your armpits. Yep. And you like for me, I I can rip a t-shirt out like no. I my I've got big round shoulders, yeah, and I can just hulk out of, hulk out of these t-shirts. Bro. And then uh, I remember probably it was probably two thousand the year two thousand. Last time I wore a large t-shirt, the last time I could fit into one. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to two X ever. I bought some Never by mis- in- couple by mistake, yeah. and then you try to shrink them in the dryer, and they don't shrink right, it's and then you're like, baggy. "Fuck!" You know? <laughs> it's still baggy. Yeah, in the wrong way, it almost yeah. looks like you're wearing a poncho. Yeah, you're like, "What?" And it's not just big anymore. Now it's really like awkward looking. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It's frumpy. It doesn't yeah. look good. Frumpy's a good word. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that back. Bring it back, frumpy. I'm bringing frumpies back. Yeah. Okay. So uh, disgusting. Disgusting story of the week out of the way. Yeah. Dude, God for that. dude, this was so putrid. The smell, because you know when you have shit out of water, yeah, we're back to it. out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quit. <coughs> I'm gonna burst out laughing again. Yes, you are. Oh my God, I couldn't even control myself. My eyes are still now finally you know, stopping. We're moving the on to comics this week. Huge week of comics this week, guys. 
Uh, again, we are at Rainbow uh, recording now. Rainbow's at 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 1501 Pine Lake Road in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, Suite 17. Check out both locations for all your comic needs. A lot of the comics that we're featuring on today's show can be, but can and will be bought there uh, at both locations. Um, the first one we're going to feature this week, and I just want to talk about it because I think it's the huge gem of the week for me. Mm-hmm. You did not read it. I read, I read a quarter of it. Which I'm very sad for you. We ran out of time before we hit record. Yeah, it's true. Um, but uh, I personally did order more of these for the shop. So if you are ecstatic about this book yeah. after I talk about it, uh, come and grab it. Uh, it'll be back in stores hey, in a couple weeks. I want to say, yeah. um, doing this show now for just over a year, um, I've collected, and I'm sure you have too, um, quite a lot of series that I didn't continue on with. I'm having a huge comic book wiping out thing that I'm going to be putting on um, our our social media. So if anybody's interested in any of the books that we've talked about, check on our site soon. Um, I'll have a list of everything that I'm um, getting rid of, and we'll work out. You going bottom dollar on them? What's that? You going bottom dollar on them? Probably. Just, just probably. Get them, get rid. Yeah. Bulk them out. The majority Sweet. of them that are just, you know, yeah. run of the mill, probably a buck or two. Sweet. I mean, um, the ones that you know, are doing well right now, probably a little more, but still bottom dollar doing really well, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah there's going to be interested in some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I'll send you the list first and then, uh, then yeah, I'll, then I'll post I'll it through it. No, I won't no, do that. Cause I'll just uh, get the ones that I like. Cause I, cause I, I need money. Um, got a brand new daughter at home, got hospital bills, got all this stuff coming up. Uh, and two, I don't want to hang on to stuff anymore. You know, especially if it's stuff that I didn't really like. Yep. I don't mind buying it and reading it for, you know, three bucks, three and a half bucks, four bucks. And I don't mind that. It's just, okay, I don't want to just throw it in the trash. I don't want to donate them. I'd like to get a little bit back. Obviously, I'm not in comic books to make money like we talked about last time. But Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't love it, let it go. Yep. So be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a huge – it's going to be a big list um, because I was going through my comics going, it, I can let these go. It's fine. Absolutely. Dollar piece. Yep. Uh, cool. Well, starting this week off is a brilliant comic from Image from Joe Casey and Ian. Uh, I don't know how to say this person's last name. It's either Maeswan or Maquan. I think it's McEwen. McEwen. That even sounds better. It's tough. It's Ian McEwen? M-A-C-E-W-A-N. Yeah. McEwen sounds great. That has a very inherent... Ma-Q-C-E-W-N. McEwen. I like it. That's what I'm going with. It has a very... So, uh, Ian, I hope that's your name because uh, that's the official. But this book is called MCMLXXV, which actually translates to 1975 in Roman numerals. Uh, the overall idea of this book is astoundingly awesome. It is a modern-day mythological tale. Uh, well, modern-day in terms of 1975 modern-day. It caught book. my interest right away with ninjas. Oh, I God. love martial arts. Absolutely love it. Uh, it starts off great. This is a really, really cool, like... Um, I wouldn't say it's a dystopia. I would say it's just like an alternate history, alternate uh, 1975 future, kind of like um, the movie The Warriors, if you've ever seen that. This I haven't, is, no. You've never seen The Warriors? I don't think, no. Are you kidding me? No, I don't even, once you describe it to you, I may sound familiar, but it's not even, it's not even ringing a bell. Wow. Okay. Nothing's week, going on up here. Okay, next week, or even, like, you need to borrow that. My homework like, is to watch the movie dude, The Warriors. I can't believe you've never seen The Warriors. Okay, what wow. is it? Okay. Uh, well, The Warriors is like a gangland movie, 1970s uh, gangland movie. Okay. Can you dig it? No? no. Wow. Okay, okay, go on. It's not still not clicking. Wow. 
can't believe it. I, of all the people, I would have bet money. I would have lost money on that. <laughs> I had a soda in my mouth, man. I know. I could, unheard of. I can't believe you've never seen that. God, I must spit Mountain Dew all over my little mic here. God. So it starts off, it's got a very Warriors feel with a DJ in the DJ booth, you know, opening, yep. up, the, uh, opening up the mic, you know, boom, boom, kiddies, uh, we're at that time of the night, the mystical time, supernatural, and like, uh, it's like, hello, boppers, you know, it's got a really cool, like, Warriors vibe to it, because the Warriors has a DJ okay. uh, who's working in a booth and kind of relays information over the radio. Yeah. To the gangs. Yeah. And this person is doing the same thing, kind of relaying information to the cabbies that are out driving at night and trying to warn them of mystical creatures or monsters or threats that are happening across the city. And literally, page two, we have our main protagonist here. Is uh, this before you go on? Is this a typo? He keep he keeps saying the prefect way to spend a prefect night. No, I think that's just a lingo thing. Okay, so okay, okay. I it was bugging me. I'm going. Does he mean perfect, or am I not picking up on? What he's no, laying down I've here. Seen, I've seen it spelled that way before. I think it's it's a it's totally just a writer's decision. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um, but literally, page two of this book, uh, or page three, if you want to be technical, uh, our cab driver, who is the main protagonist of this book, is driving over supernatural ninjas. Like, y- yep. Super awesome. The idea of this book is super cool. It's uh, cabbies are kind of the legendary mythological protectors of the world and they roam the streets just doing their service and their good deed getting people where they need to go safely but also fighting mythological and earthly unearthly threats yeah. as they do it my favorite part about this was you know when she told the guy the charge and she goes and i didn't charge you for that little detour back there where she had to basically save their asses from these ninjas that appear out of nowhere yeah and super cool she's got a tire iron that glows like Thor's like a, oh yeah like Thor's hammer type of thing. And it looks like a lightsaber when she's swirling around. I mean, she yeah. looks like totally like a Jedi. I mean, this is part Scott Pilgrim, part Thor, part Warriors. I mean, this is just and also like a part uh, black exploitation kind of kind of thing. Like yeah, a little bit of a Shaft vibe to it. Yep, I got that. A, not in a. I would I would say this feels like Scott Pilgrim meets Shaft. Absolutely. That that would be a good way to put it. Great way and. Uh, if you are a fan of the Warriors, you know exactly what I mean with the radio DJ and the gangs and uh, the way that this is stylized in terms of its art. I still can't believe you've seen, never seen that movie. I'm gonna have to who's in it? Who's, who's the Nobody. lead role? Nobody, you know? Nobody no, I would know? Nobody. Like, zero. Huh. No one No one classic is in there. Okay. Serious. Like, it's like totally under unknown like, people? Yeah. That's I mean, cool. It's, it's a cult classic gangland movie. It's uh, about... It's based on, we're getting into the Warriors now, not our comic book, but the Warriors is based on the old classic tale of this group of group of uh, Greek soldiers, or Roman soldiers, I can't remember now. They went beyond enemy lines, mm-hmm. and then they had they were trapped, all sides, all enemies were everywhere, and they had to go and get out of the enemy lines when they were like 500 miles behind uh, enemy territory. So they had to flee back to where they're from, fighting their way along. And that is the basis of the movie. The warriors go to this big gangland meeting. Mm-hmm. The big gangs are... It's an alternate history. Yep. 1970s. There's no... There's not a whole lot of guns. It's all... The cities are run by intergang violence. Sure. And the cops can't even contain it. So they just kind of let the street gangs deal with their turfs. Yeah. Hands off. Yeah. cops are. Unless they're in huge force like an army. So the gangs 
have sent five members or six members of each gang, and there's hundreds of gangs in the city, all to meet in Central Park. Sure. And then they all meet to have this huge meeting about how they're going to just culminate under one roof. And they're going to learn how to live together. Yeah. At the meeting, though, Cyrus, the guy who's going to run this thing, he gets shot and killed. And uh, there's a gang there uh, that pegs the warriors for it. And the whole movie is the warriors trying to get from inner city New York back to Coney Island where they're from jumping and dodging gangs throughout the whole movie and you've got really thematic gangs too like there's the hi-hats who are top hats (laughs) yeah the baseball furies who actually wear baseball outfits uh, face paint carry baseball bats okay I will definitely have to check this out uh, the Lizzie's which is an all girl gang it's uh, you've got the orphans who are really low like a really podunk gang on those sure. totem. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Exudes just coolness. Yeah. And yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing film. But this book really, really exemplifies that look. Okay. And um, the art style for that movie. Yeah, even the radio announcer, right? It's just their lips, right? That's you exactly don't see the whole face. Straight from the Warriors. Yep. Except the only difference is the Warriors is it's a female DJ and here it's a male. Mm-hmm. But I love the character. I love the artwork. Um... I love the vibe of this book. It's really cool. I think, I almost think the DJ is her boyfriend. Do you, do you see that connection? Because like her, uh, when you see the DJ, he's got a little goatee and stuff too. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. I never got to that portion. That was literally the page before oh, that sure, I stopped. Sure. Right here, um, so and he's, you know, in, in their apartment, he is putting on records and stuff like that. I mean, it kind of... I could be wrong, but I, I think it might be... I might have something there. But um, without giving away too much of this book, because I really want people to read it, it is totally just flipped on its head in terms of a genre. It's like, yeah. This is a super cool genre book. Like, Remember how much like I loved Fujitsu when it first came out? Yep. I think this book definitely trumps it for me because The Warriors is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just a, such a great film. Sure. Um, in this every page like when there's this gang this this street gang fight between the hooligans and yep. the what are they called the Morningside hooligans and the MG Azarks Arzarks <laughs> like that reminds me of Warriors 100% cuz they're themed gangs like yeah. they all wear an outfit they're yeah. all like thematic and very over the top like the sharks and the jets exactly very much like that but theatrical yep. you know what i mean yep. and that's exactly what this is and uh so much fun there's uh, <laughs> Within one book, you've got her killing some ninjas. She fights a gang war. She stops a demon. Like, right. you know, it's just it's super cool and yeah. crazy. I I've uh, wanted to get it read, but I ran out of time for my comics this week. And, and then getting... today, um, I'm like, okay, I'll read it as soon as I get to Rainbow. And then you know we got into all of our conversations that we did before we hit record. Yeah. And. I'm, I'm going to read it because I want to continue on with this as well. Yeah, there's something that exudes cool out of this. It just oozes character. Uh, it's called MCMLXXV, but that translates Roman numerals to 1975. Yeah, 1,100, 900. <laughs> no, I just, I'm totally wrong. This is an amazing book and a, totally the hidden gem of the week. I'd love to go more into it, but I don't want to wreck it for Tyler. I don't want to wreck it for a lot of our listeners. Uh, please check it out. Great, great book. From Image, uh, if you're looking online for it, you can't just type in 1975. You have no. to type in MCMLXXV number one. Yeah. I will put that in our show notes, too, yeah. so that um, if you're put going over... Quotations and then 1975. 
Okay. Yeah. So when you're when you look in our show notes, I always list the comics that we read. Um, you'll find it there. So, Oblivion Song. You want to talk yeah. about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Do this you book. Read it? No, but <laughs> no. That was the that was the other one that I hadn't got read. Well, we but can, we can let's because I love this book and 100% I'm gonna read it regardless. Yeah. Um, uh, this issue previously, I'm going to read you the previously on because it's easy. Uh, after returning uh, Ed back to Earth, Nathan was immediately taken away by government agents in suits while Ed is wandering the streets of Philadelphia by himself. Nathan is asked about the machine in his storage unit, causing him to break down and admit that the transference was all his fault. See, that's what was happening at the end of the last issue. We were both going, we're, six, nine, we were seven. starting to get the impression like, Oh crap! He caused it. Yeah. That's why he has so much at stake here, with continually passing back and forth between the um, the worlds. Is he's trying to correct the shit that he did? Yeah, and he's got all the pressure of everything on it, and it's a dark secret. No one knows that he did that on it. I mean, this book delves into that exactly. Uh, what we're talking about in terms of his guilt and yeah. the the accident or how it happened. This book is completely. Um, dedicated to telling you how it all happened. So it starts off with him sitting at a desk, handcuffed. He's in his uh, prison orange, <laughs> jail orange, however you want to say it, in mm-hmm. orange. Yep. And he's going through how him and a group of scientists, a team, had to uh, were putting together an energy project, something that they could register energy and use it uh, for mul- multitude of different things. Uh, to as an alternate power source or as something alternative al- alternative to nuclear you know something but it turns into something completely different where they uh, they joined or they found out that there's not just an energy source here but it's a link to another world yeah so now they were thinking of how can we use this to either uh, teleport can we use this to transfer to it's surprising like, to me that they were th- it's surprising to me that they were thinking so small beforehand thinking that they even say here they thought it was a pocket dimension that they could store things in right and i'm going if you've made any kind of rip in (laughs) in reality i'm going to assume the the biggest or the worst you know what i mean because you don't want to be caught off guard absolutely but i guess Uh, when you're thinking human terms you know you're not thinking worst case scenario i guess you're just happy that you've you've discovered new ground scientifically like oh this is crazy yeah Uh, you don't think I'm going to blink uh, 10,000 people into non-existence nope. on accident. You know, I always <laughs> use the, t- the, t- the, the idea of, like, if you've seen two bubbles when, when they've touched, then at times tho- those edges that touch become one, and there's transference of material, whether it's soap or water or whatever. And, and I kind of view this the same way, is once he's caused that connection between the two – and it just all of a sudden got bigger, and things got sucked both ways. Well, they they talk about this, and they thought that they what they could do for a test is that they could match the frequency of this place, and they could not delve into it and like create a doorway, yep. but get its speed and create like a window that we they could like see it yep. rather than just remember Fringe. Uh, the yeah, show yeah. Fringe is very J.J. Abrams uh, TV show. Yeah. It's very much like that, where they where they just operated on a very in a different um, 
tonal vibration. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I loved that show. So that's what this kind of capturing that idea. They're you're trying to match the exact speed of wavelength that this other plane of existence exists on, and they're going to see just a window. They don't want to go through it. They just want to see if they can view it. Yeah. Uh, so they get to they build up and they build up and they build up and it's hours and hours and months and months of research and time and development till they finally decide to flick it on. <laughs> and they do so and everything goes out. Everything just blacks out. They assume they just overloaded the generator. Yeah. Power outage. Yeah. Our bad. Didn't know that we would exert this type of energy. So they go outside. Everything is quiet. Everything is too quiet. The only thing that's different is the sky looks fucking weird. Is what he says. Just looked weird. Yeah, it's yellow in the in the pages here. It's like the only thing that was weird is the sky was different. Yeah. The sky was different color. And then they started to see things. Flashes of odd birds, strange insects, nothing that they could get a great look at. But then it started to sour. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they heard the sound. The Oblivion song, which is that overall hum of yeah. life and existence, and not of cars and people and concentrated living. Yeah, it's this unnatural world. And he said it seemed like forever, but it was dead quiet. And he guarantees that the edges of the city things happen fast, but once it got to the center of where they were, because that's where the center the, of the epicenter. Yeah. yeah. It's the eye of the storm. It's really creepy the way they do it. There's a dog sitting in the middle of the street barking at something. Yep. And then all of a sudden, boom, one of those creatures just shows up. And I mean, imagine that, though. Imagine, like, sitting in, like, this alleyway mm-hmm. and then hearing this weird hum. The sky looks different. And then this giant, crazy tentacle creature comes running out of the corner, like, and then all hell breaks loose. Yep. And that's literally what it says on the next page. All hell broke loose. Yeah. Uh, people are getting crushed. Buildings are getting demolished. There's crazy birds flying everywhere. There's creatures roaming the streets. People are being eaten. Uh, two of his scientists got gone. Right? Yeah. Thanos gone. Like, yep. gone. And then uh, he tries to save one, but boom, she's gone. Uh, he finally gets away with one of his other scientists, which they're hiding. And they were there for days, if not weeks, trying to figure out a way to get back. And all they could come up with was scavenging for parts to power it. And they just didn't realize how much power this thing sucked. So they grabbed car batteries and regular batteries. And he wouldn't let her leave this this laboratory. So he's going out for days on end trying to scavenge for this stuff. And finally they get it to enough power. But right before they can power it on and get everything going, the creatures find out where they're at. His partner gets eaten. So now he's the only guy left. That knows the truth. Part of this stuff. So, yeah, he's got this deep secret now. Uh, he powers it on, and it blinks him, but it's not far enough. It doesn't have enough power still. So it blinks him just to a further edge of oblivion mm-hmm. until he can search for more and more parts, and then finally he gets back to our existence, and then the story Yeah, the story begins, yep. Yeah. As we know it, of him putting together the team and trying to go back and rescue these people. And it started off with uh, a very large team and very large funding to get rescue these people and bring these people but, back. But over 10 years. Uh, over 10 years and lack of results, the government gave up on it. Yeah. So the teams got divulged. He started to do this out of his own free time. 
and eventually we're at where, where we were issue number one where he was doing this by himself with a ragtag group of guys. He's got a couple friends back back home ready for whoever he brings home with him to help him um, reacclimate them to our dimension. Yeah. But we found out in the last couple of issues that his brother did not want to come home and the people there were happy. And um, he did convince his brother to come back to him and that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we do have a nice little excerpt uh, in the story, like a stop in Nathan's story. Okay. And we go to his brother, Ed. And I, this is really telling on into what you just said about how the people in Oblivion are happy. Yep. Um, we go to Ed, and he's going back to just some old stomping grounds. So he goes to Carla's Bar, which is a place that he used to frequent. And he comes in, and he looks rough. He's just come from a crazy alien planet, and he's wearing... Not new clothes. One <laughs> one where they don't have indoor plumbing. They don't have Washington all this stuff. Machine. I mean, it's Land of the Lost, you know, yeah. and he, I mean, he smells rather natural. You know, <laughs> you want to put it nicely. All natural. So, um, um, JP, keep talking. Um, I'm going to grab my other can of dew. Oh, yeah. So, I'm ready go, to go bro. on. Yep, so I'm ready to go, bro. I'm all um, up on Mountain Dew. Um, well, yeah, I, I had Brian charge me for two, and I sucked this one down too quick. Slurping down too quick. Don't let me find you in the bathroom with your khakis around your ankles. Hey, at least... <laughs> I better come back to the mic. At least it's somebody I know out here and I can be like, Dude, run to the store. Here's my card. I'd slide it under the door. <laughs> I'd go to Goodwill and find you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're talking, or we're seeing Ed's point of spect- or perspective on what's happening here. And he's kind of been left in the city to his own devices because Nathan was just picked up by these agents and they don't know who Ed is so they just thought he was some bum Uh, but he's just kind of been roaming the streets by himself not sure what to do and he goes into Carla's bar and the guy tells him whoa 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 buddy no handouts here you get the hell out of here and he's like oh I'm not you know a bum or something like I need to like see if Carla's still here and he's like what? Carla died like five years ago Yeah. oh um do you know Lucy Bellum Uh, he's like you know Lucy? He's like, well, I did. And um, he asks if she's still with Jonathan, and uh, that's other character development that's happened prior. And then he just decides to be like, you know what, never mind, forget I was even here. And then he roams out into the streets uh, of, of New York, and this is where you really see that juxtaposition or that different uh, way of seeing the world is, you know, the Oblivion place seems like a horrible landscape of death and destruction but there's no other people there to judge you and like there's no society there to hold you to just the the, the society that came with you right. and probably the new generation of people that i'm sure they've um yeah i'm sure that they've started procreating and after 10 years years. yeah absolutely and so um but he sees the horror that is this world you know hey the monsters are the people just you know occurred to me the other day uh the first generation of kids born from Tinder hookups are probably now starting to get their own phones and things yeah, like baby. that. Can you imagine telling your kids that? So, you know, uh, hey, mom, how'd you meet dad? Well, well now. he was super horny and checked out my profile. He swiped. He swiped right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, Ed is stuck now in his nightmare world. He's stuck in society with nothing well even that mom that mom is so rude because the kid almost bumped into ed Mm -hmm. and the mom goes uh 
You almost bumped into that disgusting bump. bump. Yeah, she goes, you almost bumped. <laughs> yeah, and it was so rude. I was just like. It's, it's really great characterization. It's really great perspective on uh, this character because you have to realize he came from a world where he was literally the dude. Like, he yeah. was the man. Yeah, he was the leader. Like, he's like king shit. And now he's back to speck of nothing. Like, right. literal nothing. And it's because of this uh, society that we have set up. And it's it's a really cool, just quick moment. It's two pages, but it tells you everything about this character and why he wants to stay in Oblivion. Yeah. How long has... Um, He's I'll, been there 10 years. No, how long has Nathan been kept by the NSA? I mean, how, um, how long is Ed wandering by himself in New York? You know... I is think, it New York? Yeah, I think it's New York. I'm pretty or, sure. For some reason, I thought Philadelphia for a second. I'm pretty sure it's New York. Okay, so... The NSA has Nathan. Yeah. Um, he's got a. He's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, there isn't a timeline in terms of what happened that transpired in issue six to issue seven. Right. I would assume it's days. Hasn't been that long. Days you know, probably. Because Nathan does look scruffy, so they probably put him in a hold tank and let mm-hmm. him, you know, think about what's going on. Because mm-hmm. that's a great cop tactic to sit there and yep. break somebody for forty-eight hours. Because legally, they can hold you for forty-eight hours without telling you anything. If they've got something on you, yeah, they can hold you forty-eight hours before you interact with you. Yep. Do you know? Um, I had read once that um, Trent Reznor was pissed because they were using Nine Inch Nails music in Guantanamo Bay as torture, and um, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be a little pissed if somebody um, put smash and grab comics on someone's headphones <laughs> and make them listen to it over and over and over, uh, strictly as a punishment. What man? That's such a slap in the face about your artwork, you know. Yeah, you know, I guess public domain. <laughs> I guess. If, if they bought the CD, <laughs> 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 there's to do what they will. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't but, think he really has a case. No, no, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> but I'd be pissed too. Absolutely. Anyway, so he can uh, be mad all he wants, but, uh, poor Nathan being held by the NSA, rightfully so. Ed is. Wandering the streets. Wandering around. Masquerading as a bum at this point, rather than being the leader of... He's a, he's a world leader. Leader of humanity. Like, and he's not just a world leader. He's that, like, the entire world that he's from. The dude, man. He's the dude. Um, <laughs> you know, we're talking about such um, existential things, you know. Um, so when we talk about where Ed was, we don't know if it was a different planet. It could be another version of Earth. Yeah, I mean, that's never really explained at this point, other than just it started off as an energy experiment and then turned into something where it was another dimension. And yeah. Can we use it to travel? Can we use it to store things? Can we use it to do this? And oops, I turned it on and I blinked out 10,000 people. <laughs> like, my bad. <laughs> you know, they traded places. Yep. Is what, it, what happened. Like, their yep. world came to ours, our world came to theirs, and gone. Yeah. Um, did you ever look up the Berenstain Bears theory like I told you to? No, because it's bullshit. It's, it's exactly this. It's not this. I think you're crazy. Okay, some people, it's also known as the Nelson Mandela effect. It's also known as the Tyler's crazy effect. Well, it's not me, man. I've, I read this. I didn't come up with it. Yeah, but I could Google some crazy shit right now and tell you some crazy theory. I, I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying, I'm just saying people. You act like it's real. I personally think it's possible. For parallel lives, basically. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think anything's possible. But yeah. 
So beyond With that, no beyond that, I I don't have I don't have any proof. I think it's dumb. <laughs> who cares well the reason okay the reason the the reason is that is that was one of the first things that people started noticing differences from what they remember versus what they are seeing now and some and then they also call it the nelson mandela effect because some people remember nelson mandela dying in the past and they're absolutely positive of it and then these people who don't know each other have the same memories of him dying he's still alive right Nelson Mandela? Yeah. I think he's been dead for a while. Now. Okay. Well, the the um, memories that people have is that he died earlier than he did then. I think people are just – that just makes them wrong. Maybe, but if they all <laughs> if they all have the same – people from across the world have the same level of wrongness. You know what I mean? The same – the same they, they're all wrong together. It's just, that's just a bad case of misinformation. <laughs> It is. That's just a. That's just a rumor getting out of control. Um, do you ever wonder how like um, things started? Like I went to a birthday party the other day for a, a little kid, and we all sat around. We've all everyone listening has seen this scenario. Mm-hmm. You sit around on family members sit around on furniture. Older yeah. members get the comfier seats Indeed. in a semicircle or a circle. Okay. Children usually on the floor. The birthday kids on the floor opening gifts. Right. Why do you and I have that ex- exact same experience? We didn't grow up together, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen, you've been at those types of things. But that's just culture. That's just how like, you know, you know how how you know what I mean. How does that spread? That particular, okay, take any tradition. Doesn't matter. It's the children's birthday party tradition, but when you think how about does this get to your parallel lives, thing? it's well, it's the same thing where uh, I'm saying a whole. Shared experience. Um, shared experience across the world. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just the way these things work out. I mean, it's just human nature. Okay. Uh, I so, 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 so that's where... I don't understand the dots A to point B. So, okay, so if... <laughs> if I remember... Let's just say Nelson Mandela. Let's say in my memory, I remember him dying... When I was a kid, I saw it on the news, yada, yada, yada. Sure. And I'm chatting with somebody, and they're like, that's ridiculous. That never happened. Someone overhears us, and that person's going, no, he died on that day. He's right. And then another person goes, no, and da, 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 da. So we've got two different experiences is what's happening with what the Nelson Mandela effect um, conspiracy theory is trying to say. Sounds, is that sounds like is, bullshit. <laughs> Which, um, that, that basically is saying one of the other things is if, like before you opened that and I'm drinking this dew yep. and I'm like, man, this dew tastes good. You know what dew tastes like? Yeah. It just had, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> okay. Before you open this can, what color is this? It's green. Inside. It, it's going to be green. That's like a yellowish green shirt. Yep. We both think that, but then. Someone's over here like, dude, do you remember when Mountain Dew was brown? Like, no, it's never been brown. It's never been brown. And then all of a sudden there's 50 people near us going, no, it's brown. And there's 50 other people going, no, it's always been green. And they're like, no, it started off brown. Okay, that's what's happening with this um, conspiracy theory that I am that I think is possible. I, I, don't, how, I don't know how that, that uh, dictates to multiple planes of reality. Oh, that that's just where somebody jumped to with that conclusion going, well, I guess. There's... Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's the bullshit part. You 
he's got but, a group of misinformed the, people and a group of informed people, and they're disagreeing. Well, I'm just saying it's a theory that I think is possible. That's all you I've said. What? You know what? Half of California is on fire, and we're worried about what the fucking Bernstein Bears are called. Christ. So all right, let, let's goddamn yeah, book. Let's finish. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish Oblivion song while I look up the Mandela Please Nelson. God, no, I can't handle any more of your Nelson Mandela bullshit. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, where was I? Okay, Ed was being a bum. Uh, Nathan's being caught by the NSA. We jump back to Nathan now. He is imprisoned. He's in a cell. He's basically just feeling really down about himself because he realized that he is the fault at fault for this entire ordeal, the entire thing. Uh, 10,000 people blinked out of existence, nation gone crazy, cats and dogs are living together, it's madhouse. So he's really, really sad. His girlfriend comes to visit him, and they're kind of going back and forth. He's like, she's like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, I don't know how you'd react. And she's like, well, now I understand why you're so passionate about this, because it's your fault. And she's like, are you mad at me? And she's like, how can I be mad at you? You're trying to make, you know, sense, and you're trying to uh, right a wrong that you did. So how can I really be mad at you? Um, and then right as our book ends, uh, you know, he says, well, you know, you must be here, um, to say your goodbyes and, um, you know, what, what am I looking at? Life in prison? Execution? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she goes, not exactly. And she hands him two darts and the two darts are what he uses to jump in and out of existence from oblivion to our world. So she's got one to get him out and one to get him back. Very nice. cool. Very cool cliffhanger. That ending. that's cool. Yeah, very cool cliffhanger ending to uh, issue seven of Oblivion Song and a fabulous uh, book by Robert Kirkman. I love it. I absolutely think this is so um, because, as you can tell from our um, little uh, trail off there into uh, the conspiracy theories I was talking about, yeah. that that kind of stuff is I, I just eat that stuff up. You know, as far as different I think, worlds. I don't think we land on the moon. You don't, mm -hmm. for real. Yeah. How come? I think it was. I think it's propaganda to win the Cold War. Um, put on by who? I mean, the who? US government. Okay, and 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 uh, who made who made the footage? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. You know, I don't know who made the footage. I'm, I'm not I feel like you're fucking with me right now. No, no, no. I'm do you do you believe that world's flat too? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think we've been to the moon like we say we've been to the moon. Like, I don't think we've touched foot there. Like. Ever or that no, or that. that very first time. The very first time, I don't think we've been there. Because hmm. I, there's just more evidence that stacks that stacks up that we haven't been there than there has that we have been there, and like, it just seems like that would have been the easy way to get out of the Cold War because the Cold War was literally based on the space race. Who was going to get to the moon first? The winner was the person who got there. The loser was the person who didn't. We got there first. Bye-bye, USSR. That's what happened. We won. And we did it in a film studio. I, I don't even... And broadcast it to the national public. I have never given any who's thought... There to question it? Who's there to question that? Is literally somebody going to go, No! You know, the Russians are going to go, That is film studio! Yeah. You know, well, they're... Everyone, everyone in America would have just been like, "These Russians are crazier than we thought. We thought we faked the moon landing, homie." So, that amount of money spent in nineteen in the nineteen sixties for for the shuttles, for the rockets, for the 
all mean, that stuff because that mean, I mean that that's that really that happened. Stuff, yeah, absolutely. That stuff works. All of those missions. Yeah, it works. It okay. Just, I just don't think it. I just don't think it got us there. Is the thing like? It's all practical. It works. Yeah. I just don't think. I just don't think. It so when so when it, when those all those people that were standing at in Florida watching that first the the rocket that took them to the moon the first time. The rocket went off. They just, and, and the, what? There were no people in it. No, no, no. And where'd they go? There's no. They're still in there. Yep. In space. Oh. It's nineteen. It's nineteen sixties. Yeah. You tell somebody that we launched a rocket into space and there's people on the moon, they're just gonna believe you. There's no way to check. So then, why wouldn't they have landed on the moon then? If, because there's no reason to. Because the technologically wasn't possible. Okay, so where was the shut? So the shuttle was just cruising around for that period of time yeah. until it was in Earth's orbit. Until they were told they could come back. Ready to waiting for gravity to, to, to take its course and come back because you just launched it into. I just don't think that they had the technological advancements to get there at that point. Huh. That's just a theory. I I'm not saying it is true. I I've never I've never read into it very much because I've always gone. Well, that's just even too weird even for me yeah, because yeah, yeah. because I'm just going. Um, of course it happened. Our, 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 we're taught that. Yeah. You know, 100% we're supposed to believe it. Yeah. But I don't, there's just a little, there's a lot of really weird questions about it. Yeah. And a lot of really weird things that happened about it. And like, we should start that, a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> and things uh, that transpired about it that, that the evidence starts to stack up. Like, you know, do some research. Like when you go home, if you're bored or something, like, yeah. go look at it. I will. And you'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's really weird. Why? Like, why is it like that? It's true. Like, there's a lot of why is it like that questions, uh-huh. not like hard fact evidence. Why do you think that this old way of thinking has resurfaced that the Earth is flat? Why is that a thing I now? I don't know. That one eludes even me. I mean, I mean, that uh, is completely. A couple lunacy. months ago, I told my wife that this is starting to make its way around the internet. Utter that lunacy. The flat Earth theory, and I'm going. I tell my wife that she goes, "You're kidding me," and she goes, "Utter insanity." We've known this isn't true for. Over 600 years. Utter insanity. I'll tell you what. If you're a flat earther and listening to me right now. Unsubscribe. because no, don't, <laughs> don't unsubscribe. Uh, right now, put a backpack on. Start walking. Call me when you get to the edge. Yeah. They'll That's tell you. It. No, there's water at the edge. Shut up. Sh- That's what they'll tell you. Shut up. These, my, my stepson sent me this video. Shut up. Like, and, not and, you, but and, flat and, earthers. And uh, he was holding up a ball. And he pours water on it, and he goes, oh my God. "He goes, watch what happens when I pull water on this sphere. It falls right off. And it falls right off. What happens when I put it on this plate? Stays, Stays there. Yeah, yep. gravity. That's what I said. I've had it since the beginning of time. <laughs> That's what I said. Okay, so I don't. I wasn't explaining the. I, I looked this up so I can give you a good definition of what the Mandela effect is. Okay. Okay. I um, the Mandela Effect is a phenomenon created by paranormal consultant and blogger Fiona Broom, who coined the term in 2010, just after attending Dragon Con convention, where she came to realize many people believed that South African President Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s. The truth is, Mandela actually died in 2013. But this wasn't just a handful of people that distinctly remember him dying three decades earlier. Hundreds, if not thousands, have made that same claim. They remember newscasts about it and conversations they had about it at the time. I just think that and just so misinformation. The, the Berenstain Bears got brought up into that same thing is because people have false memories of that as well. Of the name, pronunciation, and spelling. Sure. Yeah, I just think that's... 
Jan, Jan and Dean Berenstein, Berenstein, however you remember it. Sure. Um, it's many people have found it is different than what they remember it. Because I remember Berenstein Bears. Do you think the government killed JFK? No. What? No. You don't think the government killed JFK? No. I think the government killed JFK. No. I think the I think the Russians were behind it. No. And they put and they, the and, Russians had no and they put Oswald up to it. Uh, they would have loved. They would have loved to have JFK. As you were well. talking. You were talking about Cold War stuff. This this was it, right? You know. Um, the Russians would have loved that. He was mobbed up. I don't know. They would have loved it. Um, I would have been fucking president all day. They would have loved it. I don't know. I, I, think I don't think that the U.S. government killed him. I think they had a hand in it. Do you? Yeah. I, I think, think I think the Bush think, administration had a hand in nine eleven. Oh yeah, that's that one's that one's really rough. We won't get into that one because that one it's, that one it's too be, new. Well, that one is that one is I think still that one's really touchy with people because you say that and they will murder you if you know because so and so died there you know yeah right that's why I don't want to touch on it but I would agree with you I think it's not I think it's there's more to it than just some jet fuel like it's like come on like um yeah um but I I want to I don't want to avoid that one just because even though it was 2001 yeah it's people that's the ultimate where were you when question you know for us that 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 was our that was our moon landing you know uh uh, you know yeah the moon landing was happy (laughs) this was tragic as hell okay this was our jfk i whatever this is our pearl harbor i mean this was was something that sent us to war jfk assassination did not send us to war with anyone um some would say this was the start of the Cold War. This is where JFK wanted us to go to space, you know, the John F. Kennedy Space Center, obviously, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm. It's it's funny how different we think. You know, you you're uh, you're on board with the moon landing conspiracy. Uh, I, I I will never tell anybody that they're wrong for thinking that we landed on the moon. Yeah. I will just say that it is highly plausible the U.S. government faked it. I I think it's. Okay, it's one hundred percent possible to fake it. Oh yeah, but I just. But what did it happen? I don't think so, and I've never considered. I've never even considered that it wasn't real. I can't tell you whether it's true or not. I just believe myself that. Yeah, I think it's fake. Uh, I just, I just think the. When re- you do the research, then okay, okay, when you're looking at it, you will be like. Wow. I'll do that if you read if you read Me- uh, Mandela effect no. stuff. I. <laughs> That's just misinformed. That's just that's just misinformed people. Who this is a newscast that was fake. And this isn't. I mean, it's it's different in terms of cultural effect. Your Nelson Mandela effect is literally just two people going, "Huh, that's weird." <laughs> Not two people. The moon landing changed the world. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It did. Uh, yes, the moon landing had a bigger effect. Yes, Absolutely. I agree. But it, when it comes down to it, we are talking about whether the moon landing was real or whether it was fake or whether Nelson Mandela died in 2013 or in the 1980s, the point is somewhere along the line there was misinformation on one side or the other. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I have no idea how it affects, like, this whole alternate reality thing. Um, That is weird to me. So that blogger, that supernatural blogger, then is the one that... What part of it is supernatural in any way, shape, or form? the the alternate reality thing she made that connection and she wrote about it and many people have come to go yeah that makes sense that that's that that's why we all have different memories of the same of the same person 
weird. Yeah. Um, too weird. There are other things that have been linked to this same phenomena <laughs> that that it's this global, right? Okay. All these events of people with what I call false memories, you know? I think that's more that's just again more misinformation because now in the world of connected connectivity and every news travels at a blink of a gigabyte like bow right you know the blink of an email yeah you know that's more common because now people will have it's not memories it's just something they read on the internet somewhere and it, it could be totally fake so false, yeah speak news i'm, I'm gl- fake news i'm glad you uh, brought up the internet because that news. has been drug into this conspiracy as well that how fast since the 1980s our technology has skyrocketed well that and how fast people are people are ready to believe uh, something they read on the internet like quick you know what I mean like yeah well, like uh, this just happened the Henry Cable incident uh, Henry Cable uh, says with his mustache thing no no no, no. <laughs> 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 you looked awful with that mustache <laughs> yeah it was bad um, no Henry Cable uh, the news spread so fast Henry Cable out of Superman no longer gonna play Superman oh he's out he's done you know he quit like that news spreads so quick today uh no the other day i was like yeah, Wednesday, I, I meant today today's age yeah oh yeah yeah in, in, today's... in today's age uh-huh. but uh what happened what the real story was is now like there's backpedaling is during the process of making the movie shazam they offered henry cable to appear just make a cameo as, as superman. superman yep he said no and then all of a sudden he's out he's caught, out as superman wildfire caught and yeah. whoa Henry Cable said no to appearing as Superman. He's yeah. done. Yeah. He's quit. It, 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 the end of the DC Extended Universe is over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then just ultimately, you know, ultimately every news media outlet was like hearing it and then just down the wire, you know, just, it just got crazy. So he came out and didn't say a word about it, but he released a video on his Twitter of just him holding an action figure of Superman and saying nothing. And then just posted, today was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That pretty much confirmed without saying a word that that's not true. You yeah. I mean? So, but, yeah, misinformation. Yes. And how fast it, it spreads. And what I was just saying is that because of how fast the technology has changed from 19, in the last 25 years, uh-huh. we have changed tremendously as, as far as, right? As a, as a people. We have, we have moved faster than at any other point in time as far as technological advances in such oh, a short period of time. Some people say that this this Mandela effect conspiracy theory that I'm talking about of, of, of worlds colliding, that that can, that technology came from somewhere else. No. I agree. But I'm just saying that it's also lumped in there with that in the 1980s, uh, 70s into the 80s. <clears throat> it sounds like a lot of people are blaming the... Mandela effect on a lot of things. <laughs> is the Loch Ness Monster real? Oh, no, that's Nelson Mandela. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And Nelson Mandela's dead. You can't ask him. Sure we can. I just talked to him the other week. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to a comic. Uh, did you read Crowded? Have you read Crowded? No. Okay. Is it good? I love Crowded. It's got a really cool cover. The O in Crowded is looks like an, a phone app. Yeah. And a um, little square phone app with a skull. This is a great segue because we talk about technology and the way our, our uh, technological advances have come very far. Yeah. This book is actually about that. Uh, the book is about a crowdsourcing website where you can crowdsource assassinations. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. let's say, for instance, I don't like you. I go to this... Plausible. <laughs> feasible. Uh, I go to my... <laughs> 
go to my application called Reaper, yep. and I start a campaign to kill you. Awesome. Going, I want this guy. I want to see how much that, uh, how much it'll take for someone to want to kill me. <laughs> so I go, hey, I'm throwing ten dollars down. <laughs> <laughs> ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you got to start these Kickstarter pages somewhere, baby. But I throw ten dollars down. And I say, anybody else who's with me, donate some money so we can kill Tyler. Great. So, in this book, though, uh, this girl who thinks she's done no wrong to anybody, she lives her life through these technological apps. She's she's a, a Lyft driver, but of course, in this, they don't call it Lyft, or she drives her Uber, or whatever. Uber, it's right. called something else. They gave a different she's name. A dog walker through the applications on her phone. She resells clothing. She rents out her uh, her friendship. Like she actually was like in the first issue, she rented out her time to an old guy to feed birds, and that's really how she like lives her life. Is all through apps, and she has no real inherent job. It's all just apps. Apps jobs. What if that was me? <laughs> but uh, what happened here is someone put a hit out a hit out on her uh, through this Reaper app, and it's gained a million dollars in terms of a bounty. No idea how, no idea why. So she doesn't know why why someone wants her dead. Well, she doesn't know how the hell it reached a million dollars. Like, oh, it's like this application came out. Uh, they do a little history in here, and I won't get into it uh, because it's a little convoluted if you haven't read the book. But uh, it's a great explanation on why it still exists and why the police don't do more about it. Um, but she's wondering why the hell she's got this uh, bounty on her head. People start to actively come out and kill her because she's a, she's a lottery ticket girl. Like, if yeah. you kill her, you get a million bucks. Well, um, does she know who is behind it? Who set it up? That's what they're trying to find out in this issue. Um, she hires a uh, protector or a bodyguard off of an app called Defender. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> And this person has the lowest rating on Defender. <laughs> it's all she can afford, or like what? One point two, or something like that. And it's not all she can afford, but it's the only person who responded. Oh no! So uh, that's the really cool relationship. Is, is the the comic is darkly funny. You know, it's the gravity of the situation. The girl's got a hit out on her life. Yeah. But the comedy in this, she's she's this Beverly Hills ritzy girl who right. gets her way and is like she thinks she's so clever and uses uses her guiles and her looks to get past pretty much any barrier. You know, later on in this book, she gets into a club by just lies and her body. Yeah. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. And the, and the bodyguard that she has is just a badass chick who isn't, doesn't deal with BS, lives her life on bare minimum. Yeah. You know, just wants to live her life and be left alone. Yeah. And she's taken this balance, she's taken this deal with her because she's been promised a lot of money because this girl does have quite a bit of money herself. Yep. Um, but uh, that's kind of the overall story. I don't want to get into it too much just because, again, you haven't read it and our readers may have I do want to read it, though. That Now that I didn't even see it on the shelf, I guess. It didn't even... very hard to find. Uh, it's an image book, but I think the idea and the technological, you know, the correlations to our technologically advanced world and everything is just used through apps. Yeah. So people put hits out on people for, yeah. via a quote-unquote Kickstarter page. Yeah. And it's a great idea. And the comedy is uh, razor-sharp funny. Uh, you know, the wit is uh, uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art is good. Uh, the characters are fun. And uh, a very, very great book. You would enjoy this book immensely. And I think a lot of re- our readers, or, or our listeners, excuse me, I keep saying readers, but our listeners would too. It's called Crowded... Uh, they're on issue number two. So it's can a monthly series from Image. Can listeners still pick this up at Rainbow Comics? Issue number two, yes. Issue number one, no. Okay. Uh, I don't know if issue number one will go to a second print. Yeah. I've been looking at that multiple times. Issue number one sold out very quickly. 
I, did I buy one? It sounds very familiar. You might have, maybe. I mean, You'd have to check. I'm going into my... I've got an app where I keep all my comics. Uh, but man, is this book just so so good and so funny. And the idea, it's very fresh in, in, a, in a market where, um, you know, ideas get used and reused all the time. Boom, bitch, I did. Great book. Yeah, I'm going to go back and read it because it, it. it's vaguely familiar to me. Um, and um, I'm going to go back and read it and then possibly pick up issue number two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a couple excerpts off the back of the book from actual creators of comics. Uh, Leah Williams, who uh, she works on the Emma Frost comics, says, A ruinously addictive comic. The action is punchy and full of clever kinetics. The visuals are delicious and the writing is airtight. The story is so fast-paced and exciting that you'll hold your breath as you turn to the next page. Uh, Karen Gillian of Wicked and Divine, another great comic, says, Vigorous, bleak, and pitch-black gig economy satire. Uh, get it and enjoy it before it becomes current affairs. Um, so speaking of Wicked in Design, uh-huh. or Wicked in Divine, <laughs> duh. Either way. Duh. Okay, so it's been something I've wanted to get into, but it kind of feels like there's lots of different, um, well, it kind of feels like um, Hellboy in a way, where it's not um, consecutive, where you can read one chunk here and then another chunk there. Is that kind of how it is? No. Because I... It's straightforward, sorry. Is it? Because... It's, just had, it's had like one or two offshoots or one-shots. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Basically about gods. Because I picked up an issue number one think years ago thinking it was a start of a new series, and it was just a one-shot from Wicked and Divine, uh, now that I'm thinking back uh, on it. There was like a Wicked and Divine, like 1842 or something like that. No. Something like that. I'm not sure. I will tell you. Again, from my handy app. Uh... Do you know the idea between between or like behind the wicked and the, and the divine? I must have sold it. It's not here anymore. Um, no. The idea is that gods exist in our modern day. Yep. And they, we know they're gods. Yep. They know they're gods. And instead of celebrities, we worship them in terms hmm. of like uh, celebrity status. All the media is about them. They hold concerts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are the celebrities of modern day society because they are gods. Right. And they're gods of different things. We worship them, just like it's a it's a satire on, on celebrity culture. Yeah, for sure. And so, rather than celebrities being these godlike icons that we worship, now the gods are actual celebrities, mm, and they okay. live their lives like it too. Okay, they're in the media. Uh, so you can pick up Wicked and Divine at our sponsor for this uh, episode, Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles, at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. Not oh, car, yeah. not cards and comics. RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Dave did let me know we, we own both URLs, so either works. That's right. He did. <laughs> what? What did he do that just because people screwed up? No, or he, he listened to our podcast and he's like, either way works. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, uh, do you want to cover a book? I've covered a lot sure. of books. Uh, Sandman has been making a comeback. Um, Vertigo is relaunching, so they're bringing on several. Titles from the Sandman now, universe. Would you say this is good if you are a classic Sandman fan like yourself. Like, is this if you enjoy classic Neil Gaiman Sandman? Is, yeah. Is this finding a home in your wheelhouse, or is this like meh? It's kind of a pale comparison. Uh, okay, so I've read three different ones: the the new Sandman series, mm-hmm. written by Gaiman himself. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Well, that's Gaiman. Yep. And then I read The Dreaming last week, which also very good. Okay. Um, so if you follow the main Sandman story, the Sandman has left the dreaming, his 
realm that he is lord over, okay? Yeah. So then the dreaming is the repercussions of what's going on since he left. Okay. Now this book I read today, or for today, House of Whispers, is, do you remember um, House of Mystery from Vertigo, which was Cain and Abel lived in a home, and they and you could stay at their home, but you had to tell a story. And then that comic was the story. It was an anthology series. Well, I'll tell the story. This is the story about how we never land on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we should have that episode. Uh, okay, so do you remember that series? Yes. Uh, uh, House yep. of Mystery. Yep. This is House of Whispers. I think it's going to be today's version of that. Okay. Um, so... Cain and Abel are sitting at home in the dreaming. Everything's falling apart. Um, to answer your first question, no. It's this this particular one in this what's called the Sandman universe now. House of Whispers isn't doesn't live up to Sandman um, stature. stature. Yeah, but um, the dreaming that I read last week did. So I think it's going to be hit or miss because there's a new Lucifer yeah. series starting too. Uh, those that have read Sandman know that Lucifer left the keys of hell to the Sandman and he went and opened a piano bar. Yeah, um, of course. I don't know. Did you read Mike Carey's Lucifer series? Yeah. So then that series was, what does Lucifer do when he leaves hell? He opens a piano bar on earth. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. And and uh, so I kind of hope that they don't go that direction with the – Lucifer series that's starting next week, I think. They got yeah, the other in the back. Be like weekly, aren't they? Yeah. Or bi-weekly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll pick them up for a while because I kind of like to have a. Um, I like world building. Um, sure, and that's exactly what these are trying to do: is expand yeah. that universe that you already know and love. I do want to point out an ad in here. I don't even want to point out something in the comic because this comic oh, was rather ad. was rather meh. Uh, new podcast network called Forever Dog. And they are putting out podcasts, JP, that I think we would fit right along with. We definitely would. You just got to get, uh, get up on there and tell them, hey, you listen to Smash and Grab Comics now, you hear? Yep. I'm going to be contacting Forever Dog um, and see if they'd be interested in uh, helping us. Not even sponsorship, but being a part of a network where they take care of all that. They take care of our hosting. They mm. take care of our marketing. Sure. They take care of all of that. And it takes it off your shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I, you know, I. No, it's your, it's your, uh, it's your, your little. You do it for the love. Yeah, well, and and my my original um, degree that I originally got after high school was in marketing because I I love trying to brand and sell things. I think like you've always described your job as trying to take this store from being a store to a destination, mm-hmm. and I love doing that too. In 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 this project of ours, uh, it's the same thing for me. I'm going. I want to see what we can do with it you know what i mean i want to see how just two guys can make it happen and see and you know and not rely on um trying to sell it to an nbc or cbs like if we're we're a tv show it's truly a garage studio kind of thing right now right and i'm getting to the point like well we're at this point now where itunes is taking notice um of our show we're on their featured lists yeah okay Which so great. not think. featured i shouldn't say featured we are on their top list which, featured is dif- featured is better <laughs> <laughs> but which we truly appreciate uh, we couldn't do it without the listeners and we couldn't do it without our supporters and our and our sponsors too so yeah so that. i'm kind of wondering if it's time to reach that to go to that next plateau do we need someone help backing us to do it 
you know. Yeah, so uh, I saw this ad. This ad is funny. This ad was the the high point. I'm, last night I'm reading this comic book and I go to my wife. I'm like, oh my god, check this out. She goes, there's a podcast network ad in a comic book. I'm like, I know. <laughs> And I and I said and, I love it. and I do a podcast about comic books. The world is coming together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh we both read Rat Queens. What'd you think? I did not read Rat Queens. Oh, but you bought it. Yeah, I bought it. Okay. I, I have to buy it because it's, it's so an old, my true love. So one of the old queens comes back in this book and um That's sweet. Um I don't remember her though. Um Sadie. Um she was new, new character. Yep. Um, so basically, she comes back into their lives. Um, um, she somehow was transformed into half an owl. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, owls are badass. Um, she feels like it was for the better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can turn my head 360 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Look at these eyes. Wow. Um, Hannah, uh, if we remember from past issues, right? Her personality was split. Good Hannah, bad Hannah. Uh-huh. So they're trying to find bad Hannah to put her back together because this happy-go-lucky Hannah is it's driving them nuts, right? Happy. She's the chick with the horns. and yep. You know, anyway. I love that. Braga has a big part in this issue. It's, I'm, I'm glad to see her back in uh, with the Queens. The only thing I thought it was missing was um, more of the – it just wasn't funny. Um, I think we're getting into a point where they've gone funny for a long time now. Yeah. I think they're trying to get a little bit more serious with these characters and yeah. um, take it into a – like we, you know, when they did that, they did that short run where it was so serious, and we were like, "Why is it so serious?" Yes. And now they're getting into a lot more heavier. This is uh, this is very drama. This is very um, just serious, heavy hitting storytelling storybook. And I'm just going, God, where are the dick and fart jokes? Um, I miss it. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah, I think it might be just the creator kind of got tired of that shit. You, you think so, I mean? Chris Weeby? Uh, yeah. his name. Yeah. Curtis Weeby. Yep. Uh, but do you think at some point he just got tired of writing just goofy, dumb stuff? And he's like, I want to flush this out. Like, I want to have these characters have a future. I want to make people care. Um, then it was time to end the series then. Um, instead of completely making a 90-degree turn, um, I just thought then, like, okay, then come up with a new way to tell those stories. Come up with a new let let the rat queens be the like, the dick and fart chicks you know what i mean sure. and let th- whatever this this is this form of uh story telling that he likes to do new batch of characters something else you know but that's like uh jim carrey not wanting to do comedies and go do some dramas you know what i mean he gets just gets tired of like being the funny guy and like decides like I want to go do like the Truman Show. Yeah, that's Chris. Like, yeah, that that would be like Chris Curtis Weeby. Yeah. Right. What are you but, doing here? But we're not talking about taking Ace Ventura and all of a sudden <laughs> making him on NYPD Blue. It's true. Uh, movies and actors and acting is totally different because it's totally different. Like uh, you are changing the inherent product. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm kind of going. Right. It's all of a sudden if your Mountain Dew started to taste like Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bringing it back around. I see what you did. Bring, like bringing it back around. Like the moon, ste- the the moon landing was not faked. The moonstein bears. <laughs> the moonstein bears. 
Oh man, we've been doing this too long tonight. Yes, we have. Uh, we got a couple more to cover. No, we'll let hey, you what's uh, what's uh, Low Road West? I hadn't even heard of that. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting book this week. Uh, Low Road West is uh, from our friends over at Boom Studios. Uh, I just I really like Boom Studios. I like what they do. I like what they produce. I think their stuff is really cool. And um, this book definitely hits that nail on the head. Uh, this book sets up a really cool again JP's dystopian book of the week. Um, but this book sets up a... It's not your fault. Everybody's putting them out. I know, but I love it. I just, I love that idea of people surviving in a world that's totally alien, alien, but they live in it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like a living song. It's like, uh-huh. it's an alien world, but we, you know, it's part of our world now. Who's doing um, that trope the best right now? Uh, 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 that's a rough question. Um, Oblivion Song, I think, is yeah. really up there in yeah. terms of like a, an alien world-ish type of... It's not even really a dystopian book. It's two stories told in one... I love it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is the huge, I love it uh, too. Huge draw there, and has such potential for great storytelling. Is you can spend a whole issue in Oblivion, and you can spend a whole issue on Earth, and not feel cheated. Do you as a reader? Do you see? Do you think that it's going to be um, in another Walking Dead for him? I would love that. Yeah, I would absolutely. I would eat that up on national TV. Like watching that on TV, like or yeah. sell, like selling that idea to Netflix and yep. having Netflix do it. Yep. I mean, that would be cool. I would watch a, that all day. You could do a season on Earth and a season in Oblivion. Like, yep. And then for a true like like what they could do is for a marketing thing is put out season one. Everything season one happens on Earth. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what happens in, in Oblivion. Season two, you put everything on Oblivion, and then as a marketing ploy. For people who've never watched it, or or hardcore fans like me who yep. love it, go okay. Put them together. Watch episode one of season one. Watch episode one of season two. Watch episode which, which, two of season yeah. One, watch episode two. Of which what two. if it was released that way? That episode episode one Earth. Episode two was Oblivion. Oblivion. Episode yeah, that, that would be cool. that would be cool to me yeah. as opposed to seasons because you get to the end of season one and then you start season two and it's something different. I think you're gonna lose a lot of viewers. Yeah, going back and forth that would be awesome. Um, but speaking about. Our book now uh, that we're currently on. Low, Low Road, Road West. West. Um, it's about a world, uh, America, that has um, suffered nuclear fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a nuclear attack. There hasn't been a reasoning as to why the nuclear fallout has happened. It could be self-inflicted to deal with this alien or this... I can't say alien yet because... Ooh. Stream of thought. Alien toilet monster creators backed out of coming to our convention. Did they really? Yeah. 100%? Yep. Read it today. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at doesn't surprise me. And I'll well, leave it there. well, here's the thing. It's a long way for them to travel for a small convention. What is this, year three for Supercon? Yeah. That's a long way to go for a tiny convention. Sure. <laughs> leave it at that. It's not going to get into it. They're just scared of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's it. Uh, not going to touch it. Um, <laughs> Low Road West, uh, the idea is nuclear fallout, aftermath of nuclear fallout. Um, no idea why. They've never really explained it in the book. They're alluding to some sort of war, yeah. alluding to some sort of enemy, mm-hmm. and they don't really call them aliens. They don't know if it, like, they don't call them humans. You never see any type of inherent enemy. You never see what America is fighting. But all you see is like a little kid's picture that he's drawing in a book of soldiers that are, like, shooting and bombs falling on some sort of creature. You know what I mean? Like, right there, there's just a little blurb. It's 
and you don't know if that's just a kid drawing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's really mysterious, and these kids are on this bus, and they're being shipped down the low road west to a place that has no fallout, to a, a refugee camp mm-hmm. where these kids can go. Their families are dead. They've been blown up. Uh-huh. They're gone. Yep. So these kids are just a ragtag group of refugees and orphans now, and they're on this bus to the low road west is what it's called. And there's kind of this propaganda radio that comes on and comes over and is like, you're on the low road, the low road west, and everything will be fine once you hit the refugee camp blah 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 don't talk to anybody don't trust anybody because you never know when the tommies are out and like that's what they call the enemies the tommies sure sure so we don't really know what's going on and then um all of a sudden the bus stops the bus driver gets out pulls a bike out of like the under storage of the bus mm-hmm. rides away and the kids are just like what the fuck what like in the middle the of nowhere middle of nowhere and there's no cell phones. There's no technology. There's no nothing. So he was my breath bat. I've not read this comic. My guess would be he was paid to abandon these kids so that they wouldn't have to be dealt with. We don't know. That would be my guess. We don't know yet. But uh, uh, the book goes on and the kids are like, what the hell? Like, what do we do? Yeah. The one kid, he's really cool, calm and collected and pretty intellectual. He's like, well, we better start walking. It's going to take us days to reach where we need to go. Yeah. And the girl's like, walk. That's crazy. I ain't walking. And then he's like, stay, did, stay did the bus break down? Uh, that's the, they do uh, talk about that. She goes, does anybody know how to drive a bus? That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, they went, they would try to drive it. Right. And the, the cool and calm and collected kid goes, not without any gas. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. So They're out of gas. It's just a quick, cool line, you know, I, not without any gas. Maybe that's where he went to go get gas. He didn't say a word to them, though. You think he would have just said, I'm going to go get some gas. I'll be back. But he just rode away on a bike. <laughs> and these kids are like, what the hell do we do? And these are all adolescents. Yeah. And so they all decide to just get out of the bus and start walking. Yep. So they're walking down the low road west, and they get stopped by these uh, crazy, like, uh, Mad Max biker. Oh, before we get there, before we get there, this was the cool part to me. Um, they're walking, they're walking, they're walking. They see a gas station. They're like, okay, let's stop and just rest for a second. And they look over to the side of the road, which is strewn with, you know, fallout. You know, it's, yeah. hey, there's there's debris, there's dust, there's just nothing. Yeah. And there's a there's a corpse of, like, a, an elk that's uh-huh. laying there. And one of the uh, kid's little brothers, she goes he goes over to it, and all of a sudden, it, like, gets up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like, and the little kid is like touching it. And I'm looking like at this. Yeah, it reminds me of um, like um, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, right? It's one of the uh, reindeer. Yeah, one of the reindeer. Yep. Yeah, it looks exactly like that. And it's got you know, it's a carcass, so it's got like guts and shit hanging off of it. Yeah, like half eaten, and it's like a petting zoo almost. It's like coming up to him and like putting its nose on. Its yeah, hand. I'm looking at the images here of your and comic the, book, and I'm going, that is gross. Yeah, and the one girl's like, what? What is happening? <laughs> and then her, uh, the kid's sister runs up and goes, Wah! get away from him. And then, you know, uh, excuse me, I had to get that out. I have had too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> I have had too much caffeine. I am literally thing, shaking. <laughs> the thing kind of crumples and goes back to its natural state of being dead. Oh, everyone's just it sounds like, like a jack in the box. Kind of. But uh, uh-huh. everyone, everyone's like, what the hell just happened? What's going on? Like, yeah. freaking out. And, like, she tries to explain that he's, like, this kid has this fascination with death. And, like, he sometimes plays with dead things. So the kid made it come to life? We don't know. It's never been answered. That's the only line she says about it. Uh. Right after that, that's when they 
they are abruptly interrupted by these Mad Max type of outlaws. They're just living off of whatever. Yeah. They're, they're junk people. Yeah. They come out of the, the woodwork. Or the, I, yeah. The I'm, yeah, I totally. They're just like, yeah, you little kids, you know, with oh, yeah. and shit. And they start getting into, you know, chastising them sure being kids and where they came from and why they're on the road yeah and then um things escalate super quick you know from poking fun to let's steal their stuff and like you know yeah it just escalates really fast to a life and death situation uh the one girl whose brother is touching a dead thing she gets cracked across the face with this makeshift gun knife thing that this guy has and he's crazy looking and then an arrow gets shot out of nowhere, out of the junk, and hits the guy in the arm. And then he says a line that's interesting, but again, builds the mystery. He goes, she's here, find her. So, And they never go back to this character. It's cool. I like that mystery. So, And you never see this character, like who she is. or where the- I have to pick this book up. I'm it's like, cool. I don't like um, the same um, like idea over and over and over again. Like we've talked about where um, for a while the theme was all vampires. And the theme was always... zombies and then for right now it seems to be we're in the age of dystopian futures uh so that kind of gets on my nerves just retreading but this sounds really fresh as far as a way of storytelling it takes it and it's definitely turning that dystopian or what you think of a dystopian book and completely flips it uh they run away from this group though and they're running through this dust storm that's kind of coming in and uh, they see a house and they decide to go into it so they slam the door open and they realize that the house from the outside is utterly small. And when they break into it, it's this huge mansion. And yeah. they're like, this house was not this big from the outside. So now they've crossed into another plane of existence. Like, this is weird. And they look out the window in the, uh, one of the upper rooms, and they see a whole village outside. Like, there's a whole village, a whole place that did not exist. And they're like, what the hell is happening? Like, this was not there. Like, yeah. We were just on the road. Yeah. And now there's this whole town. Uh, at the end of this book, though, uh, we come to a point where the young boy who was touching the dead thing, he's searching around the house with a flashlight, and he comes downstairs to another dead thing, and it's this alien-esque type of corpse laying in this dirt on, down a stairwell. Weird. That's the end of... Yeah, it's that cool. is Yeah, that, that is really weird. Really weird, really freaky, uh, great book. Um, but yeah... Low Road West by Boom Studio, a great debut issue. Yeah, I, mean, I talk uh, about mystery. I I do remember seeing it on the shelf when I came into the store Wednesday. Yeah. Um, if there's any left, I'm gonna pick one up because um, that definitely sounds awesome. Yeah. Because so um, at West. first I was like, yeah, who really cares? They're they have to go to a, a shelter or they got to go. I'm going. Okay, where's the hook? And then when you said the dead ho- mule thing or dead uh, elk, yeah. I'm going. Oh. Hello. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's where I was like. Ooh, okay, I'm not uh, reading a standard book. No, before we jump into our last comic, uh-huh. you wanted to uh, talk about Rainbow Comics? Absolutely. Uh, one more time to let you guys know, Rainbow Comics is our sponsor. Uh, it is 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, 1501 Pine Lake Road in Lincoln, Nebraska, Suite 17. Any of the books that we talked about on today's show, uh, 90% of it will be available. Some books sell out because they're issue number ones, and we generally talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And also... Um, I do work there, and one of my main focuses is to sell the books. So. <laughs> yeah, you are um, the P.T. Barnum of comic books, I as far as that goes. As far as, you know, um, advertising, and not just advertising, but um, 
showmanship and sales and and not even sales like you you didn't care you don't care one way or another whether I buy something when I walk into the store you'll be like dude and you'll just hand me something and then let that speak for itself 100% you know and then I'm going product sells itself yeah people don't want it that's right but by you physically going okay tyler's gonna come in today and if i if you physically hand it to me the chances of buying it are much higher than me going over (laughs) and seeing it on the shelf going if i handed you low road west you would have bought it like oh yeah yeah. you you know i would have because that's just how i am going okay i i you know i have people in my life that um are more in on certain things than I am. So I will just go on their word so that I can also be included in the newest upcoming thing. Yep. I've had, I've had friends like that my whole life where, you know, I remember the friend that got me into Weezer, you sure. know, I remember going to his house and him putting that tape on for me. I have, and these are mostly music things, but okay. um, I remember this friend when I went to college introducing me to this whole new section of metal that I had never even considered before. Metal. Right. And then, uh, same thing with comic books. I knew what I liked, but when I first started coming to Rainbow, prior, you hadn't started here yet, but um, right. uh, the other John that works there, he started saying, oh, you need to read Preacher, because right. Preacher was big then. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. Hell yeah. And so I just start reading Preacher. Uh, same thing. And so I, I'm not saying I will just go, I'm not just a sheep where people will say, do this. No, but, but you, you trust you trust the opinion of other people. I trust their expertise. Yeah, you trust the opinion of the people who know what they're talking about to know what they're talking about. Yeah, so when you come into Rainbow Comics um, as a customer, you won't be, I don't think, I don't ever feel pressured, but you um, you will be... You'll be led down the right path. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, uh, once they get to know you, if you're a regular, then they'll say, dude, I know what you buy a lot, so like, Dude, let me tell you, I think this is right up your alley, you know. Um, so I love that about Rainbow. So come to the store. Absolutely. I don't I don't even work there, but go <laughs> to the store. And the uh, nice thing about uh, our store, too, is we're definitely one of the only comic shops around that doesn't require, like, a, a deposit or a card on file for a hold box. Nope. So any of the books that we talk about on this podcast, if it's something that suits your fancy or something that sounds great, and issue number one might be sold out, but you want to jump on board and not miss anything else, Start a hold box for that particular issue. The issue's run will be in your box, and you will always get it in your box. And uh, you'll just have to track down those ones you're missing, but at least you won't be out of the loop on the ongoing for the remainder of the series. Yeah. And That's then, always one of my pet peeves when I come on to something early, but not the beginning. Right. And I got to find issues one and two or something. But, you know, we talk about the, the darker side of things and the indie side of things, but we don't really uh, cover a lot of the Marvel and DC. The Marvel and DC stuff are ordered in the volume, and Bulk, a lot of that yeah. stuff we have on hand almost at all times. So, Unless do, something huge and crazy. You know, I think of us as kind of superheroes in ourselves. Oh, really? Sorry. Yes. Well, in a world that is dominated by Marvel and DC, <laughs> there are two... Chose to go against the grain. Two beacons of light appear as JP and Tyler <laughs> to bring you independent comic books. Uh, no, I, I think about that. I'm like, so many people pass by Aftershock titles, which I'm going to talk about right now. Yeah. Why? Because it's not Marvel or DC. Our entire um, entertainment industry, um, films, TV, book, comic books, is literally owned by Disney or Warner Brothers. Yeah. And and um, 
yeah, so I love it that we have such a great store where we live to um, facilitate this. Yeah, facilitate. And, and, you know, we've started this great show where, and it is a great show. Fuck you, people. Yeah. It is a great show. Yeah. Um, where we, we, where, where, you know, cheeky towards Nazis. Uh, you know, are the people, <laughs> people believe this or not? We do our research. We really do read these books and we really do. If we say we like them, we really do. We're not yeah. just going, trying to sell something because we did this show for a year before we even mentioned any kind of comic book store where you should buy it. Yeah. So I, I, I hope people, I hope people find us genuine because I mean, we literally, I literally do lay down all the, all that money every week to read these stories yeah, we're not hawking snake for, here. for my own collections. Yes. But also I'd say about 50% of the books I read, I read for research for this show. 100%. Yeah. Uh, with that said, Moth and Whisper. I didn't get to this one just because I had a healthy stack and yeah. What, what was going on in Moth and Whisper from Aftershock? Um, two um, famous criminals. One of them, Moth. She. Um, I'm guessing the other one's Whisper. Yeah. Um, okay. The public thought they okay they they were just um, jewel thieves. One of them was a jewel thieves. The other one was a pocket thief. Um, they. The public believed they they had to been enemies. You know what I mean? That they're always competing. Hmm. The truth was is that they were they were a couple and they had a daughter. Um, but then no one has seen or heard from Moth and Whisper in six months. And so the story is their daughter becoming a cat burglar herself oh. and creating her own identity and using her her parents' traits. That, what does she call herself? Um, cripes, I can't remember if she even had herself a name. Oh, okay. I don't want to pressure you. Um, I'm going to flip to the end of the book. It was just really cool, though. Um um, cool it's a, yeah, it's just a you know crime noir kind of thing with a with a superhero kind of uh, element to it. Yep. Um, although the end is kind of dumb. The end is I don't want to spoil it. The end was really weak though on her motivations on who she thinks is behind the disappearance of her of her parents and um, doesn't uh, doesn't leave you like a, a big cliffhanger. Yeah. Like a. I, you know what? I'm going to spoil it. Spoiler alert. Jump ahead. <laughs> jump ahead a minute and a half. Uh, okay, so her parents would work for anybody um, for a paycheck, you know, as far as if they need something stolen, they would do it. Um, except for Ambrose Wolf, because he was the biggest crime lord in the city, completely ruthless, insanely powerful, and the one person my parents would never work for. And she believes that's the reason her parents are now gone is because they wouldn't work for him. This guy. Yep. And I'm like, so that was really weak. You know, the justification for her um, vendetta is a classic Batman story, you know, where. And what they should have done. Abandoned child trying to avenge her parents. But this is no Joe Chill. This is, this is Ambrose Wolf. They should have built that character up in, uh-huh. within the story and then done that at the end. Oh, like, yep. Built that character up from page one, built that character up. Well, they were, but very subtly she was stealing from him. And oh, okay. throughout the book, you see her pulling her um, jobs that she does, but you don't realize that it's against him until the very end. Gotcha. And realizing that she's aiming to take him down because she wants her parents back. So, meh. The meh. book was great until the last page. Okay, and so then, the last page threw out. And then the last page, I'm going... Continue with issue number two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, that's, uh, that's good, then. Um, the last page was just kind of dumb because it's like, okay, her parents wouldn't work for him because he was too ruthless. And I'm just going. <laughs> and, and nothing. Yeah, I'm like, really? So that's where you're. That's where you're getting your. 
you're going to go on your life's mission here to avenge your parents because you believe he did something to them because they wouldn't work for him. That's it. I guess th- that's really weak. Yeah. I don't know. You're not sure where you're going with that one. Nope. I feel you. Well, I will I will read it though because um the her descriptions of her parents and their abilities as um thieves was really cool. Um and then she's de- she has since created her own persona in their absence. Um so I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um at first I was like, "Uh oh, great, Batman type story, you know." You know, abandoned child, you know, you're going to pay for hurting my parents thing. Yeah. But Batman's parents were never superheroes. Right. Well, I guess technically they're saying Thomas Wayne was, but that changes on depending on what what, D- what DC <laughs> is doing right now, whether it's Rebirth or whether it's New 52 or, you know, so. Yes, Earth 2. Yep. Flashpoint? Yeah, Flashpoint stuff. That changed all of that. I love Flashpoint, though. Flashpoint's great. Uh, the last and final book that we'll cover this week. Oh, you! Sc- I already announced this as the last one. I'm sorry. I, just, I didn't know you had that. Another, quick, I didn't even know. I don't quick care. Quick blurb on it. I don't That's even all. care. Quick blurb on it. Mystery Science Theater 3000, the comic. I would say a quick must-buy for any any fan of the show. Is it? Uh, original or new. Uh, it is origin- It is written by the original Joel from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Is it? Yep. So, uh, I have the ash can. Uh, yeah. I really like that. This is the full book. Yeah. So, uh, really really funny some jokes fall flat in their face some jokes are really funny and well thought out yeah but just like the show because some jokes you're like oh my god it's dumb and some jokes you're like yes hilarious good job <laughs> yeah and that's exactly how this book reads and uh they've translated it to a comic so well they took the idea of the show putting these guys in a movie theater and forcing them to watch a bad movie and translated it to putting these guys into a terrible comic and making fun of comic strips hilarious yeah great job like I said, some jokes you're going to scoff at, and some jokes you're going to be like, brilliant. And that's exactly what the show does, and they pulled it off in, in, in paper form. This is a, a really... What is your thought of um, converting television properties to comic book? Um, no problem, as long as it's done right. Okay, Sons of Anarchy, go. Good job. Really? Yes. You liked it? Yep, I, I actually owned because the first, like, three or four trades. Because Kurt Sutter sucked at uh, Sisters of Sorrow. Terrible. Yeah. So but his product translates really well to comic because you can tell there's there's so much vested history in the sons. Yeah. And there's so much untold story yep. before the show starts. Yeah. And before Jacks and all that. Yeah. And just there's so many things you can do. That these characters. Are you such, excited to watch the Mayan show? I heard really great things about it actually. I heard people are like, yeah, it's awesome. And I don't have cable, so I'll wait till it hits Netflix. Yep. Or me too. Me too. But uh, I'll watch it because I love Sons of Anarchy. I thought it was. Uh, I when Sons of Anarchy first came out, I don't. We're gonna we're gonna go on this quick excerpt. We're gonna end the show. I promise. Uh, no, we're <laughs> we're right on time. Uh, hour and a half. We oh, our perfect. shows. You know what? We have an uncanny ability to just go. It feels like the show has run its course. Yes. And then we are at that mark literally five well, five minutes ago. We'll end on Sons of Anarchy. Then uh, I used to live with some roommates that were watching it, and like they were on like season five. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that the idea of the show sounded so stupid to me. Like really, bikers don't care. Oh really. My, you know, growing up, my dad was a huge biker. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't call him a biker. He was never involved in any kind of club or anything like that. Um, but he, we've always had motorcycles. He's always been into that lifestyle and things like that. Um, so for me, when Sons of Anarchy came out, I was like, Dad, you got to watch this show, dude. Yeah. And so uh, for me, it was always an intriguing idea because 
that was a lifestyle that he um, always fantasized about. And I think he thought of himself in that head, in his head, as that kind of guy. I just had never really, like, identified as that or knew anything about that. I, at face value, the show is very not appealing to a guy like me who's mm-hmm. more like an artsy kind of guy yep. they have face value it's motorcycles and guns and that's it yep don't care yep gasoline fueled action but don't really care yeah um, partially that was just right. a small subset of the show absolutely but i didn't understand that i was judging at face value hardcore yeah it's just motorcycles drugs guns and money you know what i mean yep. like i just thought whatever yeah and then i started watching it like yep. from season one yeah and i got hooked like, yeah I went through season one to season three within like three days. Like I was, me wow, too, wow, me wow. too. And then uh, I loved every minute of it, and I would not, I would not scoff at a mind. Some so some people said, you know, how that show went way too long. I don't think so. I, I think, think it was perfect. good. I think it went perfect. Do you know uh, season three was the weakest for me though? And when, uh, when they went over to Ireland, it was but you saw the whole series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought once you told me you dropped off after the Ireland stuff. Me? Yeah. No, I said okay. I said during season three, I snooze fest. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I would have it on in the background. Sure. Barely pay attention because it was such garbage. Like I, I hated that season. I was like, I know I need to get through this because I know it's good because my my roommates were watching like season five. Yeah. And like, and that's where I was like watching it with them. Yeah. Like, sitting down on the couch, like, holy shit, this is intense. When you, I'm like, I'm gonna go watch this. When you so look then, back, I knew season three was gonna be shit. So when I, you I, look I, back on the show, at the time, I never minded that season. It was never, it never oh, bothered it's, it's me. So boring. Um. So, but when you look back on it now, though, it is a weird, um, thorn in the whole thing yes. because. Almost the entire thing takes place in their California town, yeah. except for this blip in Ireland. And it's like, Stupid. and it's, you know, looking back on it now, it does, the, the idea does seem kind of dumb. This is him chasing around looking for a baby. It's, it's, it's three men and a baby in bikes. Like, I wonder why, <laughs> I wonder why they decided to go that way because they could have, they could have had the baby kidnapped. I think they, I think they wanted to try and shake up the show and, and shake up the characters and uh, put them in an element that wasn't them. Yeah. And they, they were all of a sudden part of the IRA. Yeah. They were dealing with the, the monsters. R- the real IRA. Yes. They were dealing with Don't. dudes who were down low thugs, you know, yeah. like just. Aye. Like, They're down in the shite. Yeah, but it wasn't, uh, I think it, what fell face flat there was it took away what made the characters great, which is motorcycles, guns, drugs, and money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It did take all of that away. It stripped it them down to them. They're just characters trying to get a baby back. It was shit. It was terrible for me. Um, that was the, But that was the weakest season. Everything else, superb. Hey, did you ever read why um, the actor that plays Jax, why he wore white tennis shoes the yeah, whole time? Yeah, he did. Um, he had, uh, for listeners that don't know, I found this very interesting. The guy that he was shadowing um, as far as how to be a motorcycle Gang, ganger, gangster. you know, gang banger. Uh, uh, yeah. He, he rocked that same outfit and then he passed away and the actor, um, wore it as a homage to him, you know, um, and he pulled it off. I mean, it, it started off trend. Uh-huh. I always wondered though, did he clean his shoes every day? I think, he, I think they uh, wore a fresh pair every day. No, I know the actor, but I meant like the character oh, yeah. in, in real life. You would think, you would think like, dude, I know for a fact you had blood on those shoes. And to get them that and, squeaky clean. And now they're pristine white again for the next episode. Owning white shoes is a terrible idea, by the way. I bought a pair. Uh-huh. 
you know what I just did? Um, bought, uh, I got a new, I got a different pair of shoes that, and I finally wised up. I like black shoes or dark colored shoes. Um, but I finally wised up and stopped getting ones with white grips and, and, and soles along the side. So I have an all black pair of Vans at home that, um, even the, the side grips, I love them. I've been wearing them for a long time now and they look pristine Yeah. because I don't have fucking white on them. <laughs> I don't mind white. I don't mind white. It's just no. It's it gets dirty. Yeah. Sure. Well, on the shoes note, Whew. we're gonna end this. This fabulous is fabulous show. Yeah, this is gonna be called the Loon Man Moon Landing. Uh, not Loon Manding. The, the, lunar, the yeah. lunar Landing Show. Yep. Because uh, we gotta we're gonna circle back to that, John. Because that's interesting that you don't think we landed on the moon. You do your research and you come to me and uh, you know I'll I'll brush up because I know what I what I know what I know and I know, I know what, what I know I know what I know. Shit. <laughs> I know what I know and I know what I've looked up, but it'd be nice to get a refresher on it. Yeah. And you come back with page notes on what you find and I'll try and tell you what I think about But you're it. not willing to on the on the Mandela effect. No, I think it's bullshit. Well, <laughs> why why should I not feel the same? Because you can. You're allowed to. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's 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 both read up on the other on the other uh information. <laughs> Because one sounds stupid as shit. <laughs> and it's just the moon landing. And the moon landing actually has cultural impact. It does. The Mandela effect is literally people going, huh, I don't remember it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then the, the um, like you said, the biggest cultural impact of the 20th century, landing on a foreign body uh, in space. Yeah. And you're saying, man, eh, they did it in a studio. Yeah, you know, it's like I, immediately to me, I'm going, and do you believe in flat Earth too? <laughs> See, and that's the thing. I'm going, okay, okay. Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Smash Grab Comics. I'm Pretty Boy Comics JP. I'm no, here. you will not be here next time. Oh shit! No, I won't. I'll be in Disney World, happiest place on earth. Yeah, he will be. Uh, are you leaving tomorrow? Uh, no, we're leaving Sun uh, Monday. Monday. Morning. Okay, day after tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so have fun. I, I put it out on there on our site. Any uh, for anybody interested in a fill-in co-host um, spot for next week's show to DM me. Um, you know, um, we'll have to chat on the phone so I can make sure that you actually can speak. Um, if you're a fan, um, you know, because lots of people are like, "Oh, I want to do that," and then you get you get them on. Right. You oh, no, not only that, you get them on and I talk like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, oh, hey, what did you think of uh, Rat Queens this week? Oh, Rat Queens? I Braga? A smidgen. Some people are like that. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. I'm uh, JP. And this is The Beard. See ya!